everybody, welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And little known fact, when I went into the show notes, uh, the last show was in the middle of April. So we have returned. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been taking an online course and it's been like killing me and it's almost over. I can see the end of it. And we went to and we went to to Anaheim for a week. And then we both we both kinda started a full time job. Yeah, we both kinda got sick after Anaheim too. Yes, um, we did. We did not get COVID somehow. But people in our group did get COVID. Yeah. So we were very, very cautious about that. Like, I even, I'd, like, released a video before we went. And I'm like, hey, I'm on summer vacation. That means, like, my, like, busier schedule will come back. I'll be reading more books. And then, like, I was sick for a week. <laughs> so I was like, oh, whoops. But, you know, life happens. But what that means is... So we have so much to talk about because everything Star Wars related literally happened within like the last like two, three weeks. Yeah. So we have so much to talk about. Format out the window. We do have news, but it's all wrapped up like within our celebration trip. Yes. How was celebration, Alex? It was fun. It was it was really fun. Um it was weird, like, doing something normal for the first time in a really long time. Life kind of felt a little normal. Yeah, it really did, though. Like, because we went early, we did Disney first, which we both agree, like, is the way to go. But, like, have a do-nothing day in between. Yeah. So, like, I know some people did Disneyland after the con, and both of us agreed Especially in the context of living in a pandemic, that's not a great idea because so many people actually got sick from the con. So we're glad that we did Disneyland before. And Disneyland, specifically, like, the California parks are so outdoors, especially compared to Florida. Like, the Florida parks gets a lot muggier and hotter, so, like, a lot of AC indoor stuff. But in California, like, most of the restaurants are outdoors, lots of outdoor queuing for rides. Like, I felt extremely safe at Disneyland in terms of, you know, getting sick or not. Like, I really felt comfortable. Yeah, because we were just outside so much and then even when we were inside like because we did a lot of um like the genie plus like lightning lane stuff Mm -hmm. um so even then like some of the cues didn't feel that claustrophobic um there were others like like toad's wild ride Mm -hmm. that was so like literally single file (laughs) i mean at least the toad ride the majority of the line is still outside very, very um, true, yes. And I will say that, like, a lot of cast members mask, yes. which made me feel really good. And, like, there is no mask rule at Disneyland. And I felt so much more safer there than at Celebration. Um, yeah, I, I saw way more masking from people actually working at Disney than we did at Celebration. And mm-hmm. Celebration was, like had a mask roll you had to show either proof of negative test or vaccination and yet that is where everybody got covid i mean i'm (laughs) not surprised like they weren't enforcing anything the workers themselves weren't even masking so like why were people gonna follow the rules if like the people enforcing the rules weren't masking well and like i was gonna say that first day we were in like panels like back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. and so i didn't really notice 
the the lack of masking because we were constantly just sitting in panels. But then the yeah. second day when we were on like the show floor, the show I was floor like, oh. was especially really bad. <laughs> it was very bad. Like it, it was, it was really bad. Um, the show floor, people just not caring. A lot of like, I mean, I'm I don't want to say this about all cosplayers because I definitely saw a lot of cosplayers respecting the rules, but then mm-hmm. there were a lot that were kind of just not masking. And it's like I get it, like maybe it ruins your costume a little bit, but like these are the rules for a reason. Into your costume, yeah, you know, like yeah, it was just kind of a lot, and we uh, we were definitely like exhausted because you know rope drop and close Disney for two straight days. (laughs) That's why we needed. Like, we needed to have a day where we did nothing between Disneyland and the con. I agree with that. Like, just either sleep it off in the room, hang out at the pool. pool. Yeah. Because then you also throw in Disney night in the middle of that, and, like, we didn't get back until, like, 2 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. We were exhausted. (laughs) Like, of course we were sick when we came back. I, little known fact about me, I cannot sleep during the day. I don't do it. Like, if I try to take a nap, it just won't happen. So the fact that I fell asleep on the plane and then the next day was constantly asleep on and off, my mom is like, oh, no. (laughs) So I was falling asleep on the plane home, but I, like, kept myself awake because I wanted to get onto Eastern time as quickly as possible. Because if I had naps, then it would have been even worse for me to try to get up for work the next day. Oh, yeah. Let's see, I didn't start work until Friday, so I had some extra time. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was I, – I really enjoyed seeing everybody um, just, like, the whole group together. I mean, that night where we, like, all went to Oga's Cantinas and then rode Star Tours a bunch was – just an absolute blast and they did announce next celebration is in Europe. London. In London. <laughs> in less than a year from today. In less than a year. <laughs> in less than a year. It's literally in 10 months. I have to laugh. And it's Easter weekend. And it's Easter weekend. Like I in this economy. In this in this <laughs> pandemic economy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I have a feeling it's probably going to be a no. Yeah. Um, Because for me, like, the point of going to Celebration is to see everybody that you don't get to see, because everybody's online, and, like, most people are not going, so. Well, I was also going to say, for me, it's even, like, I I come at it from a different perspective, is if I'm going to travel all the way to London and be in Europe, why am I going to spend four days in a con? Well, that's what I was telling my mom. I'm like, it wouldn't be like I'm there for a convention. It would be like a two-week trip to do Europe. And that's also in like the middle of school. Like, I think that's like testing. So like, I probably wouldn't even be able to get off anyway. Yeah, because like, I have a friend who lives in London and she said, oh, you can stay in my flat and everything. Like, that would actually cost a lot. But I would just like, be like, oh, I just want to do one day at the con and the rest of the days, like, not do the con. Yeah. Um, And like... I don't know how, to be honest, like, I don't know how London was run last time, like, if it was comparable to Chicago or how, like, it compares, but personally, I think Chicago, organization-wise, the way the con was run was a lot better than Anaheim, and, like, of course, I had an amazing time at Anaheim. 
But Mm -hmm. if you were to just compare the two cons side by side um, and take out, you know, the, um, you know, all the the friends we got to see, like that side of it, Chicago Mm -hmm. was a lot better. (laughs) Well, like strictly con wise, like we met so many more people that like we interact with online were in Chicago. Like Mm -hmm. the con this time very much paled in comparison to, like, us just hanging at Disney, you know? (laughs) But it was still really fun, and, like, we did get to go to some, like, really good panels. Um, So I'm glad that we did finally get to have Celebration, and we're just going to have to plan another Disney trip because, man, the four of us, we were living our best childless Disney adult life. We made it everybody else's problem. Just absolutely, it was a great, it was a great time. Really, really enjoyed it. I did find that, like, the parks felt um, very Disney adult to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't, there were that many, like, kids around compared to, like, when you go to Florida. Well, there were a ton of strollers. There were a ton of strollers. But I agree with that. I feel like California is much more, like, it was very laid back. Yeah, and it was still, like, the middle of the week. I don't know if kids are still in school in California. I don't know. Maybe. I know, like, my school was still in. They didn't get out until. Here in Canada, they're still in for most of June, so. Mm, Yeah. So, you know. But Easter weekend is going to be a lot for people in London. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm excited, you know, like, my friend who lives in London said that, like, she would like to go for a day, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's not a big Star well, she she's a big Star Wars fan in, in the sense of, like, the movies, and she just binge-watched Rebels, so she's kind of getting deeper into it, so I'm excited for her that she'll be yeah, able to do that. that'll be cool. Well, and, like, mm-hmm. there's obviously, like, a ton of Star Wars fans that are, like, in Europe that obviously couldn't come this time because of COVID. totally. So I think that's nice that Mm -hmm. it's going to be there. So it's like, we had this one and then they'll have that one, which I think is really nice. London is even more lax with COVID than California. That's kind of a yikes. I think it would, yeah. That's a little bit of a yikes. Um, But yeah, I was going to say, you know, we also had Star Wars night. That was... That blew my mind. Like, it was so cool to be in the Disney parks and just hear Star Wars music everywhere and see characters walking around. And, like, there were even, like, authors walking around from the convention. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just really we cool. We saw, um, what's his face? Why is his, fa- his uh, name? Warwick Davis. Oh, I didn't see him, but <laughs> he did we walk s- by. Yeah. yeah, he walked by us. Well, he um, wheeled by us, I should say. Um, when we were having, mm. we were just finishing our uh, Yoda beignets, our Dago, Dagobah beignets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good. Those were really good. Let's get into some actual announcements that we got. First of all, non-celebration, non-news, like that kind of announcement related. Um, Stories of Jedi and Sith is out today as of this coming out. Uh, they were talking a lot about that at Celebration. Um, there was, like, an exclusive cover with Obi-Wan instead of Darth Vader. Um, but I am sold on it, even though there is a Ray Poe story. But the reason I'm sold on it, because that story is written by Roseanne a. Brown. And she's like, this is a platonic relationship. And if you've read her other books, this girl's a Raylo, okay? So, like, I'm looking 
And I want, I did I think I was going to seek out Ray Poe content? No, but I am. <laughs> yeah, doesn't, doesn't like Ray hate Poe? Yes. <laughs> She's like, I, I don't like him, but everybody else does. So I guess I'm going to have to just suffer. Like, I, I want to, I, I want to experience this. I, I would like to read this story. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's Roseanne A. Brown. So I, I trust her. Mm-hmm. Also, with book news, um, so I finished Brotherhood. Have you started that yet, Alex? No, I haven't. I was sick, and then I had to do crazy amount of homework after I got better yesterday. Yeah, you are going to like it. I'm so excited. I I loved it. Um, It was a little slow going for me, and it was also because I was sick. But the way this book was like, the Revenge of the Sith novelization is amazing, And also Obi-Wan still thinks about Satine and wonders what life could be like if he had decided to run away with her. Like, it's just, I have so many bookmarks in this book. It was just, it blew me away. Like, Mike Chen could write a Satine novel and I would, I'd be here for that. I love that, like, we have a new author that, well, I haven't read him yet, but you love kind of add them to the mm-hmm. shelf of our favorites that we trust to write these stories that mean a lot to us. That's so exciting. Yeah, no, 100%. He, I think he can be uh, successfully added to the authors I trust, 100%. Yes. Also, randomly, in the middle of celebration, just during a panel, nobody was paying attention. <laughs> they were like, oh, by the way, Jedi Fallen Order is going to have a sequel. I know. I, like, was it dropped in a panel? It was. We were in the Attack of the Clones panel. No, but was it, like, announced at another panel? No, I don't think so. I think it was just just dropped online. But what? We would have gone to a panel? 100%. Where was Cameron Monaghan? There were so many Cal cosplayers. Oh, there were a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't know why there wasn't a panel. And the, I mean, the trailer looks amazing. We only and see like, Cal. Cal is all alone. He's all alone. It's five years later. I this is Kenobi time. It's Kenobi time. I know. That's what everyone's talking about. Is that um, it is in line? It is the same year that Kenobi is taking place. Mm-hmm. And I have so many theories. So many theories. We like, will talk about it when we talk about Kenobi because I will. will put a spoiler warning on Kenobi when we talk about that. Um, but I just, there, it's the best era in Star Wars. I, um, post 66 is honestly my favorite thing in the entire world. Yes. I, I agree. I just lost Jedi finding their way is everything to me. And this one's called Jedi survivor. It looks so good. Like somebody's after him and they get his lightsaber and like, why is he alone? Like, where's Marin? Where is Marin? Where is Marin? Where is Marin? Where's Seer? Um, Where's Seer? Oh my god. Where are they? And this will be coming out in 2023. This is about to become a theme. Star Wars has so much coming out next year. Like Even an the insane the year, amount. The end of this year. Fall 2022 is busy for them too. Yeah, basically, like, once we get into the fall, it's gonna be bust another club, another club mm-hmm. until, like, the end of next mm-hmm. year. <laughs> Which, like, I'm not mad at. Because we've kind of been in a slow period. 
So I'm not like mad at it, but it is a lot. There is so much happening. Probably at the same time as Jedi Survivor, um, they did formally announce, this was before Celebration, that Taika Waititi's movie for Star Wars is going to be next. And that's going to be December of next year. I am so excited. I really, I'm so curious about this movie. Like, it's supposed to come out in a year and a half, and we don't know anything. Yeah, we know literally nothing about this movie. And he's, like, booked and busy with Our Flag Means Death and Out of the Shadows, and Thor Love and Thunder is about to come out. Like, I I have so many questions, and I'm very interested. I mean, I wonder if he'll be asked about it more on the Love and Thunder press tour. I can now that, that it's happening. like announced, yeah. yeah, maybe they're thinking of like using that press tour to like yeah. generate I mean, interest. I bet you that press tour is going to start as soon as kind of uh, Miss Marvel is launched. That would make we're sense. We're in, we're mm-hmm. right before Miss Marvel starts, and we've seen a lot of press happening this week for that. Oh, hundred percent, absolutely. So that brings us to the things that were actually announced during celebration. So we went to quite a few panels um pretty much everything we wanted to go to except for del rey and then they didn't even announce anything in del rey so it didn't matter um the biggest panel was the first one we went to went to um alex and i did get into the lucasfilm showcase um streamed the galaxy stage which was quite the feat. We love the galaxy stage at Lipstick and Lightsabers. Yes, we stand <laughs> the galaxy stage. Like, listen, what was it? Atomic Blonde and Amanda? Killing mm-hmm. it. Absolutely yeah. killing it. We no other stage We the galaxy like stage in this house. Like, I had a better time there than at the celebration stage. Not yeah, gonna lie. We were like, do we want to wait standby for this? And it's like, sure. It's like, what stage do we want to go to? The galaxy stage. And guys, we were lucky and we got the Kenobi Pringles that are going for hundreds of dollars <laughs> on eBay. We did get the Kenobi Pringles. Because not even everyone gets them. It was just really random by row. Yeah. That was, yeah, they've, like, played this game, like, a rock, paper, scissors game, and we just lucked out. We were in the row with one of the people who played, so we got the Kenobi Pringles. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that panel was outstanding, and we had been wondering if they were going to show Kenobi, like, later in the day. There was a lot of rumors, and we got wristbands when we went in, and then they told us, like, you're going to come back later, you're going to watch the first two episodes of Kenobi in, oh God, in this room. Like, it was a lot. It was so good. <laughs> it they was so good. They come back so early. They did, but then they're it was like, worth it. <laughs> yeah, they were like, come back an hour and a half before. And we're like, no. We came back like an hour before. And then it was yeah. really fun. Could you imagine, though, if we had gone back to like literally anywhere that didn't have Atomic Blonde and Amanda? Like, it wouldn't yeah. have been as fun. And we had really good seats for Kenobi. Like, we saw it. Yeah, and they told us specifically, so Alex, um, what was the vibe while we were waiting for Kenobi? It was sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, Okay, but during the showcase, they announced so many things. Um, Obviously, they talked about Kenobi, and, you know, Ewan was there, and Hayden was there, and everything. Uh, They also showed a trailer for Andor, and listen... Diego Luna looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I They're about to make me ship him and Ron Mothma. I know. <laughs> I, me too. I saw um, Genevieve O'Reilly with Diego Luna in an interview. And I'm mm-hmm. like, 
I'm gonna ship this, aren't I? Like, not the he's actors. Just, I'm gonna ship the characters. He's just so chari- like, well, Diego Luna is just, like, so charismatic, and I feel like he just brings that to everything. I so, love Diego Luna. He's such so a baby. Much. Yeah, but, like, this was such a huge announcement because they showed the trailer, um, we got posters, which was really cool, and then they said that it's gonna be two seasons, and it's gonna be 12, 12 episodes. episodes each. That's a very long. Yeah, it's like a real TV show. Yes. <laughs> like, that's that's a lot. Like, that's more episodes than we have of Mando right now. That's yeah. going to be 24 total. Like, that's crazy. Oh, wait, no. Man, wait, wait. How many seasons of Mando do we have? Two. Why do I think we have three? Because of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Did you see that meme where it's like people who didn't watch Book of Boba Fett watching Mando season three, somehow Grogu has returned? Well, they're obviously going to do one of those recaps at the beginning. Yeah. They're going to have that in the recap. They're going to be like, you know, dumb, silly people, go watch Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> um, but Andor will be premiering on uh, in August of this year, on August 31st. Uh, just in time for Virgo season. Yeah, it is coming out in Virgo season. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Happy birthday to the Virgos, is yeah, what they said. There's a lot of us. There are a lot of us. <laughs> there, I mean, I can think of four of us just off the top of my head. There's so many Star mm-hmm. Wars Virgos, and I love that for us. But th- that's like a really busy time for Disney Plus. Because I was looking through, so like this didn't happen at Showcase, but there was a Bad Batch panel, which we didn't go to because we weren't there that day. Um, But that is also coming out in the fall. It's going to be in September 28th, so like a month later. But Andor will still be coming out, and She-Hulk will also be coming out. She-Hulk? What are your thoughts on She-Hulk? I don't like her design, and it's not because of the CGI, it's because she's so small. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. And I I think it's really gross. Like, the designer specifically said, make her smaller, like, every single time. Where it was, like... I don't know if it was the designer who said that, but it was, like, the studio, I think. Yeah, the studio was, like, make her smaller. Because I think the artists were making her bigger. Yeah. Yeah, because she... She... Like, especially when she's next to Hulk, like, she looks like a sim. But she's not supposed to be, like, having, like, a really feminine body. Like, that's the whole no, point, No, she's supposed to be, like, a bodybuilder. Yeah. Like, and she's just not. So, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm going to watch She-Hulk because it looks funny, but yeah, I'm I think not expecting it to funny. be anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, like, we'll be getting Andor, She-Hulk, and Bad Batch Season 2 all at the same time at the oh end of this year. <laughs> so... That's a lot. Just and Tales of the Jedi. Oh my god, and Tales of well, Tales of the Jedi is no, you're right. Fall 2022. Yep, I had to go back down there and look. (laughs) Oh my god, Tales of the Jedi. Like, should we skip down and talk about Tales of the Jedi? We could do that. So we got into that panel. This was like my favorite panel of the weekend. That was probably like one of the best panels to be in because it was literally just like Dave just talking and we got to see the first episode like guys like you're not ready for tales of the jedi you're not ready for tales of the jedi (laughs) i like was reminded that i'm an ahsoka fan yes 
I was like, I actually <laughs> do like Ahsoka when she's animated. Because mm-hmm. this show is going to be, it's six episodes. It's shorts, in quotations. They're not really shorts. Um, but they're about Ahsoka and Dooku, like, paralleling this journey of two people who... Two fallen Jedi. Yeah, they were fallen Jedi. They were failed by the Jedi Order, and they had very different paths that they went down. And, like, that... I never would have thought we would see a comparison between Dooku and Ahsoka. And young Dooku. Young... And young uh, Qui-Gon Jinn as well. Oh, yeah, and young Qui-Gon is being voiced by Liam Neeson's son. Yeah. And can we talk about, like, so they they reveal this. So, like, we do get to see Ahsoka's mom. And she is voiced by none other than Aiden Versio herself. Yeah. And she came out on stage, Janina. She came out on stage and she's beautiful in real life. Mm-hmm. And her and Dave Filoni have the best banter. I was not expecting that. <laughs> It was so good. It was such, like, a little quiet panel, too, because there was only, like, three of them up on stage, like, the whole time. Like, they had such good banter. Yeah. She Amy, is, like... Amy Radcliffe <sighs> did a great job. She really did. <laughs> oh, my God. They they were all just, like, such, like, pure, like, lovers of Star Wars, and I just, like... I'm really excited for the show. I'm way more excited for this than I am for Dave's... Upcoming live actions, yeah. I just, like, Dave, you're you're so good at animation. (laughs) I just feel like it's really clear where his passion lies. Like, there's, like, not to take away from Mando season one, because Mando season one was so good, but lately it's been very, like, cameo heavy and, like, tying so many things in, and then to get this thing about Tales of the Jedi, and it's just very quiet, and it's on its own. Like, it's going to be, like, this Mystical. sleeper hit. Like, yes. feels very Last Airbender. Oh, like, it does. Oh, my gosh. Just, yeah, like, no. you know, telling a story for the sake of telling a story and enriching characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first episode is called Life and Death. <sighs> And, like, we saw that title card come up, and we were all like, oh, no. Yeah, and he was like, oh, you guys are so happy with this episode. If I'd showed a Dooku one, it would have been so much worse. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, he said that this is going to get dark. And yeah. And honestly, like, I-, I want that from a fall of Dooku, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see what happened to him, because we don't know. Like, I mean, we, we read like, Dooku Jedi Lost, but there's, like, so much story to tell there. Yeah. And I hope Tales of the Jedi goes on and on because every season we can compare two characters. Oh, my God. Bring in Ventress. Oh, my God. They know audiences love Ventress. We could have some Dark Disciple in there. You know, after reading Brotherhood... Mm-hmm. And after, like, the questions that are now up in the air with, like, Kenobi and with, you know, uh, Jedi Survivor, I'm really wondering if, like, n- not necessarily that, like, maybe Ventress is alive, but just that we're going to see more of her. I, I hope so. I She's feel. such a good character. She is such an amazing character. It just, oh, 
the, this show, like, Tales of the Jedi, like, this and Kenobi, like, a feeling I have not felt since The Last Jedi, in all yeah. honesty. Yeah, Like, just wow. It's really good. And, like, I've really been, like, yearning for good animation since Rebels ended. Yes. Um, and I find myself always reaching and re-watching season four of Rebels for that feeling, and I haven't gotten it from anything else. Um, like, I mean, I really liked season seven of The Clone Wars, but nothing emotionally hits me like season four of Rebels. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We, I'm like, and that's crazy to say because I know we see Ahsoka go through 66, but like the culmination of the end of Rebels where we see this family unit have to go separate ways, like it yeah. just kills me. It's it's a lot. It's a lot pivoting back to the showcase so it was a lucasfilm showcase so we did get to see um more than just star wars and that included a willow trailer Willow looks amazing oh my god it looks so good erin killiman's in it like Mm -hmm. willow looks so i keep telling people that it gives me dark crystal vibes because um you know both the original movies, Dark Crystal and Willow, were um, kind of cult faves from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily super critically um, reviewed highly, but then, you know, gained a lot of love from fans and now are universally loved. Um, and then the Dark Crystal show happened and it exceeded every expectation ever. And it was mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows to ever happen. And I get that vibe from the Willow show that it's just, like, bigger, more enriching than the movie. And they're going to, like, you know, add on to that war. And I love the Willow war. There is so much. There's so much there. It's so good. Like, it makes me want to watch it again. Like, we we have an episode where we talk about Willow. Like, we, we watched it and it just, it blew us away and... The fact that this is, like, set later and it's, like, literally, like, Shirsha's and, um... Mad Mardigan's daughter, yeah. like, uh, and Sears in it. Yes, she's in it. Like, did you see? Uh, they showed us a photo of like a still of her. She looks so good. Oh my god! Like, and it just it really takes me back to like you know George Lucas wanted to tell like fairy tales, and this is like, gonna be a romance. Yes, like Star Wars is a fairy tale. It's an opera. It's about family, and, like, he did the same thing with Willow. It's just fantasy, and I yeah. love that so much. Like, Bring Star Wars back to fairy tales. Bring Star Wars back to fairy tales. Seriously. I'm... Yeah. Oh, this gives me such Tr- Dark Trost Crystal vibes. lost their way. They need really to redeem, redeem themselves with Willow. I... Oh, gosh. And this is coming out um, around this American year. Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, November Crazy. 30th. Like... <laughs> The fall is so much. It's so much, guys. Yeah. Will there be? There must. There won't be any overlap with Andor. Andor should be done. By Andor the should time. be done by then. Yeah, hundred percent. So then, which makes sense because it's Lucasfilm. So that'll give Willow its time, and then I'm after that glad. is Mando. Yeah, so. I'm really glad that Willow is getting that really special spot around Christmas, and Mando's not getting it. Hmm. Mando too. has always taken that spot, so like 
I think that they feel like Willow is really special to get that I, I think so, too. And that mm-hmm. means so much. Yeah, like, and, like, and, and what that means for, you know, um, award season also, like, mm-hmm. having that November release, I am excited. Yeah, it's going to be so freaking good. Mm-hmm. And um, also wanted to mention, so the showcase is where John Williams played, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, John Williams was there. John Williams was there. <laughs> it was, was his so birthday. Nervous. It was his birthday. It was his birthday. Um, <laughs> they played Indiana Jones, and we thought they were going to talk about Indy. Uh, they didn't, but Harrison Ford was there. Oh, they, they showed us the poster, though. They did show us the poster. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I thought we would, like, see something. Mm-hmm. And we get, and we're getting the, the movie in summer 2023. Mm-hmm. In about a year, just over a year from now. Yeah. So that's, I'm actually, like, really, really excited. Well, and, like, we've, we saw well, Stills Phoebe, not too long ago with Phoebe. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in it. I of course mean, I'm excited. The fanboys are going to be so mad. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Willow and Indy, like, I love that they're they're pulling that in, and it's it's feeling very much like it's all Lucasfilm. It's not just Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. I would also love to see them acknowledge Strange Magic. <laughs> yeah. Do you imagine? When is that going to wow. be on Disney Plus? Or is maybe, it already? Maybe next celebration we need to apply to do a Strange Magic panel. <gasps> oh my gosh. Like with Charlotte and Caitlin, they love yeah. Strange Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. A Lip Talkers uh, Strange Magic panel. So we also got um, a little thing about Skeleton Crew which mm-hmm. is a brand new show. We don't really know much about it. Um, it's going to be in fall of next year, 2023. Yeah. There were leaks going on a couple weeks ago saying that Jude Law was going to get a Star Wars show. Yes, and this is so, it. This is it. Um, but it's, it's, it's about starring, kids, yeah, though. It's starring um, four 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, oh, but here's Jude Law. And I'm like, oh, I, okay. I feel like maybe Jude Law's the villain. Oh. I would love that. I would love that. Well, and I was, okay, so here's my funny story. I was standing in line for the publishing panel, um, and I made the mistake of responding to these two guys that were behind me because they were talking about posters and where to get them, right? And we started talking, and they mentioned Skeleton Crew, and I'm like, yeah, like, it kind of sounds like Stranger Things or, like, Percy Jackson, and they were, like, not happy with that description. (laughs) I don't, I really don't understand why people expect for every show to be for them. I know. With, like, like, you know, with a franchise as big as it is, it is a franchise. It is, like, any other franchise, you know, for example, like, Jurassic Park, there's an animated show. It's not for adults, necessarily. Adults can enjoy it. But, like, all these franchises are branching out so that there's stuff for different age groups. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to gatekeep Star Wars for your age group? I, yeah, Star Wars is for kids. Like, I love that they're going to get, like, this adventure. It's going to be, like, a coming-of-age story. And it's set, like, before... Isn't it, like, before The Force Awakens? Like, it's that time period. Yeah. Which is so important because that was supposed to be, like, another entry point for new fans so I love that they're bringing that in. And, it, it like, I don't think they're going to be Force users. I think they're just, like, kids living in the galaxy. Like, that's such a cool idea. And, like, we don't really know anything about it. So I there's nothing really to say here or there. But, like, 
people are already putting it off just because it sounds kitty and it's like come on like it can't all be like boba fett mandalorian ahsoka you know that kind of thing so we did get in the showcase a mando teaser it was weird right because they were like ahsoka we've got like more done with ahsoka but like we don't have anything to show for it and they showed like this weird clip of rosario talking as ahsoka (laughs) Well, it's, she was in her Rosario, oh, sorry, her Ahsoka costume, and she was like, I'm sorry, I couldn't be there, I will see you soon, and then she showed up the next yeah, day. Yeah, like, the next day. And then, apparently, they also showed the Mando teaser at, the, at that panel. Yeah, which was just kind of weird, like, I, I kind of thought uh, that they would just save everything for, like, the Mando panel, but it was a good teaser like mando season three does look good good. it will it it does and like both of us aren't huge on season two um and like i did leave that showcase feeling optimistic about season two um and not feeling like it's gonna fall too cameo-y i i think the cameo has shifted to, to its Ahsoka. own show. Yeah, to its own show. <laughs> yes. Ahsoka is now the cameo show. That is what it I, is called. I think so, I, um, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, season three, like, we're going to return to Mandalore, and, like, he's looking to redeem himself because he's, mm-hmm. you know, lost the way. And it looks like Bo-Katan's going to be the villain. Like, or, like, a main character. Yeah. Um, and Katie was there, and, like, Katie's adorable. Um, so I I do think season three looks good, and they did see say that that was gonna be in February of next year. Um, and I'm just I'm just such a big, you know, fan of Din, just like Din, you know. Yeah, you forget like it's Pedro Pascal under there. Like he's just um. He's just trying to get by as a single dad in the galaxy. Space Star Wars Um, really said space dads. And you know, like Mando is at its best when it's when it's just full of heart and it's just mm-hmm. space dad and son. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Like I, mm-hmm. the the whole Mando plus like Mando verse thing, like it feels a little too interconnected at times. Like I I do find myself like yearning for that season one where it felt very like contained. And, like, there were mentions of other things and other characters, but, like, season two was just a lot of other stuff happening. And, like, Book of Boba Fett even, like, wasn't entirely about Boba Fett. Like, you know, we we already have, like, reservations about the Ahsoka show, but it it gives me even more reservations for the Ahsoka show. Yeah, but, you know, we're getting Kenobi right now, and Kenobi is... Like Kenobi, but Kenobi is Deborah Chow, and it's not. That's what I was gonna say. I, I, we watched the first two episodes of Kenobi, and I was like, maybe I don't like the Mandalorian. (laughs) Maybe like maybe I just like I like the characters, like I like Din and Grogu, but like I don't actually like a lot of it. We didn't know that we could be fed so well. (laughs) Like because Kenobi is like the last Jedi tier. Like it, it is no joke. I was trying to tell my mom, like, I was, like, ranking everything, and I'm like, you don't even understand, like, Kenobi is so high. Did she, she, is she enjoying it? No, we haven't watched it together yet. Oh, no. I know. Why not? Well, because we watched Stranger Things, and then we finished Under the Banner of Heaven, so now we'll watch Kenobi. 
Um, so she hasn't watched any of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, oh. but before we get into that, um, they did talk about Ahsoka. It is coming out next year. It's going to be after Mando. So I'm guessing. I thought Mando was only going to be three seasons, but I, I'm pretty sure they, they just got greenlit for a. Yeah, they just yeah. announced season four. A lot of people thought it was three just to kind of follow like the hero's journey. Right. Arc. So, so people are a bit confused. Yeah. Um, maybe that last section of the hero's journey is going to take a little longer to get there. Maybe, yeah. I don't like, know. Because I, I was about to say, like, maybe season three is, like, leading into Ahsoka, which it probably still will. Um, and we did find out that Rebels is moving into live action with the Ahsoka show. Yeah. They were in the trailer. Yes. Which... Um, Sabine and Hera. Yeah, we Hera saw Hera from the back. From the back. Um, so no one knows who's playing Hera. Yes. I have a lot of feelings. I have, I have opinions. Yeah, they're not they're not positive feelings. Like I it it all goes back to the fact that like if this were happening in animation, this would be like my most anticipated thing, right? But I, it's live action and I'm I'm not even sure for me if it is because it's in live action. I think the problem is, is the association of recent live action with heavy cameos. Yes. Yeah. It's more that I think that if um, I felt more confident about, um, you know, the Mandoverse and, um, you know, John and like all of that, I might feel different. Um, I think I'm just worried about the last season of Mando feeling very shallow. Yes. And it's more that than animation versus live action. That is very true because my worry, especially with them like bringing in. Rebels characters is that like everybody has wanted like a Rebels sequel like everybody wants to know where Ezra is everybody wanted it to be about Sabine and like not about Ahsoka so like with Ahsoka being the supposed main character it's like you're bringing in all these other heavy hitters like how is this story gonna stand like even Boba Fett like Mm -hmm. got overshadowed by the Mandalorian like being in his show yeah, how do you develop these really important characters when it's not their show? Exactly. And why, you know, why are we... If, if the plot of Ahsoka is finding Ezra, why is it called Ahsoka? Exactly. Um, because, I mean, like, we, we are all um, aware that finding Ezra is, you know, involves Ahsoka and Sabine, them two together. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm not sure why, you know, Ahsoka's name, you know, yeah. gets a stake over anyone well, else's when we're like, trying to, to find this character. <laughs> well, and, like, to me, it's, like, if anybody's the main character of Finding Ezra, it's actually Sabine. Yeah. So. And I understand, like, maybe not naming a show Sabine, but why does it have to be named after another character? True. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little strange. And I, I got a little put off like when um they were in the tales of the jedi panel and they were talking about how like dave really like latches onto people that like he knows are in it for the right reasons and in it for the long haul and that just kept bringing me back to like gina carano and rosario dawson and i'm like i don't know mm-hmm. so well, i i i'll be honest like um i don't know about ahsoka because obviously ahsoka is his baby but i i don't see cara dune as like dave's creation no. I see more as John yeah. Favreau's. 
And um, I, I don't think she's coming back. No. Like, there was no mention of her. There'd be no reason for her to be in season three if it's going to yeah, be in Mandalore. I, I don't think they need a recast her because her character isn't important enough to need her. No. And they were going to try to give her a spinoff, which instantly died. So yeah. I, I, I kind of think we've seen the last of her. So that was the showcase panel. So much happened. But then we also later that day went to the High Republic panel, which was massive. Even the authors were so shocked by how many people came to the High Republic panel. It was so cute. We got so many announcements just talking about phase two. Like phase two, we already knew this, but they said like it, it is a prequel and you don't have to read phase one. They said. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. They'll be like machete order for the Republic. I definitely think it's like there will be something to be gained if you read phase one. But I like that it's they're recognizing that this is already so much content. So it's like another entry point. If like you you just now want to start with the higher public, like you easily can with this new stuff. They really said George Lucas has rights. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love the way every single one of these authors talks about Star Wars. Like, it's so good. None of the new authors for High Republic were there. But, like, Justina and Kevin and Claudia, like, oh my gosh. It just, it was such a good panel. I, yeah, I love them. We tried to, like, talk to a few of them, but some of them got rushed off. Oh, no, that was the other panel. That was Yeah, that was, we, like... Publishing. Yeah, there was a weird uh, fire alarm with yeah. publishing. <laughs> uh, but we did talk to some of the authors that were at publishing, which was kind of cool. Um, but, so, High Republic is starting again in October with yeah. Path of Deceit, I, which like, is... How are we going to have time? I don't know. <laughs> There's so much happening. October. October. Um, October 4th. Uh, happy birthday to Gina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Path of Deceit by Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan, which is going to be That one's going to be the good book. That one's going to be the good one. Well, because um, they said, like, they were like, what book are you most looking forward to? And they were all like, that one. Oh, my like, God. Like, they literally said, like, if you don't read YA, like, what are you doing? Well, two like, heads are better than one. Like, <sighs> I'm sure the two of them working together, bouncing off ideas, so good. Just the fact that they are kicking off phase two with YA, I'm so, like, beside myself. Yeah. That's so going to be so cool. And then after that one is Convergence, which is the adult novel, which is Zareda Cordova. Zareda writing adult is really exciting. I'm so happy about that. Like, I'm so happy about that. (laughs) And just, too, like, they really said, like, women with this first one. I mean, the young adult is George Mann. Or not the young adult. The middle grade's George Mann, which will be sometime in there. George Mann is very employed. (laughs) He's very employed. He's writing so many things. He's doing the audio drama, um, which is the battle for Jeddah. Like, apparently Jetta's going to be a huge player in Phase 2, which is so cool. Um, and Kevin Scott is going to write YA in February. We're, we're, like, Cav's number one fans here. We're Cav's <laughs> number one fans. No, okay, but, like, so first YA, Path of Deceit. Second YA by Kevin Scott, Path of Vengeance. Ooh, so the third one's going to be Path of Something. Like, hello? Hello? 
I'm living for this. You right know what now. that makes me think though of like of the Santecas and paths. It does. Well, I feel like it's going to be very much tied into like creating the hyperspace lanes. Yeah. They talked a little bit about um like Martyrian's Ro- Martyrian Rose mother. There's going to be like this weird cult. Yeah. Like Yeah. I'm cool. very excited. And they they talked about like the biggest thing is is that like communications obviously aren't what they are because this is like even further back in time. So it's yeah. very much like you send a droid out with your communication. So like the big factor here that's going to cause all the drama is this lack of communication. And I'm just Ooh. like, yes, I agree. <laughs> very hyped. And obviously, like, still, what is Claudia writing? Who knows? No one we knows. Don't know. Nobody knows. She she knows. She knows, but she's not telling. You like you would think that like celebration would be the place for her to tell us. Obviously, it's like not even ready. Like I I feel like since she's not in wave one, she could be in wave two. But I also feel like she might be writing like Obi-Teen, Lost yeah. Stars 2. So many questions. She could be writing so many things and we just, we don't know. We mm-hmm. have no idea. It could be, like you said, it could be something actually very Kenobi related that they feel that they can't announce until season one's done. Yes. Like it could be something very tied to a spoiler in Kenobi. Hmm. I will say the Kenobi tie-ins right now. Like, obviously, we've only gotten Brotherhood, but but you know Padawan's gonna be good. Like, I know we know Padawan's gonna be if if Padawan follows Brotherhood in any way. Like, Kenobi's like really killing it, and we will and talk Kirsten, about and Kirsten White. Like, I I don't have any doubts that it'll be it'll be good, guys. Kirsten White is one we love we love her. She was we, so nice. <laughs> We talked to her, um, we saw her just outside the show floor Mm -hmm. on Saturday. She is, like, the most delightful person ever. Yeah, she was so nice, and she she literally, like, talked to us for, like, five minutes, like, we were literally just, like, I I just shouted at her, because she was, like, going into the bathroom, Mm -hmm. and then she just came over and had a conversation with us. So, and she she had just met Ewan McGregor, and she was wearing that, like, pink Obi-Wan hard shirt. Yes, it was, like, she's one of us, she's a Raylo, she's a Teal, like, we, she was like, how'd you guys meet? We're like, oh, because of The Last Jedi, and she's like, oh my god, I love The Last Jedi, like, I'm so happy. So I'm excited for Padawan, I think it's gonna be good. I do think still that it's gonna be low YA, so I'm not, like, getting my hopes, like, super high for, like, angst or anything like that, but it it's gonna be good. So that was, like, all of our books so many books are happening like if you really want to get into it so stories of jedi and sith came out today shadow of the sith which uh neither one of us are gonna read (laughs) end of the month padawan end of july princess and the scoundrel august oh Um, yeah that'll be good that'll be good i was looking at all the release dates and i found something called tales of kenobi which is september 14th i have no idea what that is oh um i just saw it i was looking at like you know, Star Wars book release dates, and it, it came up, so interesting. And then we're into High Republic with Path of Deceit and Convergence in the late fall, so I'm here for that. I'm excited. With that, we did go to some other panels. We saw Attack of the Clones 20th, which did not mention Padme at all. 
There was not one single mention yeah. of Padme. However, um, like, Tem and Daniel? It's Daniel, yeah. right? They were really good. Okay, like, Tamara Morrison and Daniel Logan, like, they're just, they took over the panel. They derailed And guys, the like, Hayden and, and Ewan showed up to the panel, and still, like, the first thing I think about when I think about the panel is Tamara Morrison and Daniel Logan. Well, and they came out so late, too. Like, the panel only had, like, 15 minutes left, and they got cut off because it was over. <laughs> yeah. No, they were really cute. Um, so that was a plus. I, I am glad that we got that. But I was a little bummed that it wasn't... Like, I just heard so much about the Phantom Menace that's, panel. That's what I've been telling people, is that, like, everyone loved the Phantom Menace panel so much in Chicago. And that's, like, the one that we missed. Yeah. Um, so we were like, we have to go to this so one. So we have and then it to just... go. And, like, I'm such a... Like, we're both such huge Attack of the Clones fans. And it was such a disappointment. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Disappointing. But, I mean... They were cool, didn't ever really talk, they really only talked about, like, the Boba Fett stuff in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And which is funny. <laughs> we were in the celebration stage for that one, which was cool, because we were in the same room as, like, Hayden and everything. But, guys, the DJ and the, like, host are not as fun. Not as fun. As Amanda, and what's the DJ's name? Uh, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. Like. They're better. They were way better. Like, I, I was literally sitting there, and I'm like, we could have been in the galaxy stage. <laughs> so then when we had the choice, we're like, okay, what are we going to line up for for Tales of the Jedi? Either go to Celebration stage and actually be in the room with Dave Filoni or go to the galaxy stage. And we're like, heck, we're going to the galaxy stage. Yes. And then it was awesome. Like, although they got really delayed when they tried to show the episode for Tales of the Jedi, and everybody was like, oh, my God, are we, we not going to get to see audio. it? <laughs> yeah. People were actually getting, like, really mad, and I was like, this happened, I mean, it happened during the showcase, too, like, sometimes the stream just got, like, a little delayed. Yeah. Um, so it was fine, like, we ended up watching it, but it was kind of like, oh, no, <laughs> did we make the wrong choice? But then it was fine. Okay, so I think with that, we are ready to move into Kenobi, and I I'm like, do we want to give s the spoiler warning now? Or do yeah, we want to try probably. and wait? Because, like, I don't think we can talk... Like, we've already told everyone we loved it. I don't think yes. there's much we can say. All, all I can say is, like, listen, if you're not watching Kenobi, and I get people having reservations, especially with Lucasfilm being what it is and just everything like that, like, listen, this show is so good. It's so good. Just go watch it. It's gonna hurt. But, like, what were you expecting? It's, like, it's old man Obi-Wan. Of course it's going to hurt. But you should just watch it. I like that you just wrote Upsetty Spaghetti and Scary <laughs> in caps. Yeah, Upsetty Spaghetti and Scary. That's all you need uh, for spoiler free. There you go. There you go. Okay, so official spoiler warning. We are going to talk about spoilers for Kenobi. For, like, part one to three, including three. Yes, Part one to three, we saw um, episode one and two at Celebration. Part three was this past week. Part four is coming out um, tonight as of this episode coming out. So yes, we we will be spoiling. We will be spoiling, and I I personally think you should go into the show un as unspoiled as you can be. I don't know if that's possible at this point, but like I would. <laughs> Well, my dad's with my mom, sort of. 
I'll tell you how that happened after we pass the spoiler warning. Okay. All right. I, I think I think we are safe to say that if you are still listening, you are accepting spoilers at this point. Okay. So yeah, I was I was the other day, so this is just the story of how my mom got spoiled. The other day we were sitting eating dinner and I turned to my mom and I say, Do you know anything about Kenobi? Like were you spoiled on um kind of like a reveal in the first episode and she's like no I, and I'm like or a, like a character reveal she's like no I don't know anything I'm like okay I'm like I think you would like it and then my dad just like pipes in and he's like oh yeah she would love little Leia <laughs> I'm like oh my god I just asked her if she was spoiled on that specifically and she said no and oh she looks god. at him and is like well now I know Aww. And that's the thing, like, I really think, like, if you can go in unspoiled on little Leia, you should. Yeah. Because that was such a surprise. Delight. It was delightful seeing her Yeah, the first like, time. Because here's the thing, like, seeing seen the trailer, like, even before seeing Leia, seeing Alderaan and being like, this is exactly how Claudia Gray describes it. <sighs> like, this is... This is Claudia Gray's world, and we're just living in it. Okay, but so here's the thing. So Claudia Gray has Bloodline, uh, Princess of Alderaan, Master and Apprentice the book, Master and Apprentice the short story from New Hope from a certain point of view. Is Claudia Gray getting any credit for the show? Because she should be. It, it felt so tied in with those books and like when I say that it felt so rewarding as a reader like I'm saying that because like with The Last Jedi or not with The Last Jedi obviously not with The Last Jedi with Tross like we had read all the books and it literally felt like they were laughing in our face for reading them like especially when it was like um like Wedge Antilles like the Mm -hmm. book like actually made me care and then they Mm -hmm. just like killed him and didn't care like this show like, I don't even... They have to be doing it on purpose. But even if they're not doing it on purpose, like, it it felt so right. It felt like, Claudia Gray. Like, it felt so like Claudia much. Gray. Just... Alderaan is so pretty. It's so beautiful. Like, the whole opening sequence with little Leia is just absolutely perfect. Can we talk about Vale Organa? Oh, my God. Oh. Bail like, Organa is the best dad in the entire galaxy. Leia and her two dads. And Brea. <laughs> like, Brea is also... Oh my gosh, Brea. We got, oh like, God. a real, like, character from Brea. I know we got a lot from Princess of Alderaan and about mm-hmm. her, her heart and everything. Like, that's so cool. It just... And, like, even the braiding. Like... <gasps> Alderaan braiding. The Alderaan That's braids. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> like, it, it just felt so amazing. And it's like, if you want to know more about that, like, look at anything by Claudia Gray. Because she you, has it. Have you noticed how through, like, you know, all the action that Leia goes through the first few episodes, her bun comes down. So she yes. looks like she has a Padawan braid. Yes. Like, oh my god. And I just, I love that her braids get, like, messed up, too. Like, it's just... Okay, but, like, a serious question. Serious question. Serious, like, daddy issues question. Okay. Okay. Is 
is Obi-Wan gonna redo one of her braids? Oh, I don't know. That's like a serious, like, I have daddy issues question. (laughs) Okay, but like, so, so here's the thing, like, Everybody saw the trailers. We knew that Obi-Wan, he's on Tatooine. It's, it's been 10 years. He's, like, watching Luke from afar. We knew that he was going to another planet because we saw it. And we're like, what is going to take Obi-Wan off world? And a lot of people were speculating about helping other Jedi, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anybody could have ever guessed it was going to be because Leia needed help. Right? No, I really felt like this was going to be about Luke. Um, so did I. I I'm really so thought glad. this was going to be about Luke. I am, Luke. like, so proud of Lucasfilm. I'm so proud of them. The the way, like, this this whole thing, it, it makes, like, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Like, that adds, like, a whole depth. And name her son Ben. This is the man she names her son after. Like, is Ben Solo even a thought in this show? No. Is it a Ben Solo prequel? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. I just... <sighs> it's amazing. It's outstanding. I never would have thought. Leia obviously has the Force. She's obviously using the Force. Yeah. And, like, we know that she uses it for, you know, like, Senator stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And, like... She's definitely using it, you know, she's asking Ben Kenobi about how the Force works. She's asking if he knows her mother. Oh, my God. She asks him if he's her real father. And then he says, no, I wish I were. I wish I could tell you I was. I, and then all, like, okay, all the Obidalas on Twitter, like, went crazy. Yeah. Like, and Obi- was like, don't you dare ship it. And all the Raylos were like, like ha I accept the challenge. Yeah. Obidala in 2022. Who would have thought? Who thought? <laughs> it's just, like, the Padme representation in the show. Like, because Leia, to me, like, when you look at the twins, I, yeah. I definitely think Luke is more Padme and Leia is yeah. more Anakin. Yes, yes. But, but she is still Padme's daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, 100%. It's all over her. And, like, for the Attack of the Clones panel to not mention Padme once, and then the Kenobi show to never miss a Padme reference in mm-hmm. the, any of the episodes, she is mentioned in every episode. Every single episode. Like, it's so obvious to me how like entangled obi-wan anakin and padme are i love i love it (sighs) it makes me so happy and like Like, getting to even see like i mean i know this is old footage but getting to see like the flashbacks in uh, in obi-wan's nightmare in the first episode and you see padme okay like before we move off of little leia though i just want to say so vivian blair is the actress's name she literally Mm -hmm. just turned 10 the other day yeah like I pro- I will protect her with my life forever. Like I love this She's little girl. She's so cute. And yeah. so many people are like we can talk about the hate that like Obi-Wan is like the show is getting and to direct any hate to this little girl like she's 10. And to direct to be- any hate to any of the actors on the show no. like is like cruel. Yeah. Um and to me honestly like this is a perfect portrayal of Leia. Like, I think like, Carrie literally Fisher perfect. It Carrie is, Fisher like, would have been so happy. 
is the most perfect. And it's just, like, funny to me that we just got articles about Kathleen Kennedy saying, like, recasting doesn't work. And, like, obviously they were not going to do, like, deepfake for a little kid. But, like, of course recast works. Like, have you not seen the little girl you guys just cast as Leia? Yes. (laughs) Like, she is Leia. Like, she is 10-year-old Leia. Like, I believe it with my whole chest. She is so perfect. Like, it, you know, she's a few years out from Princess of Alderaan, and to me, like, I see it so clearly. Yeah, can you imagine, like, the little, um, Haldo? Oh my god. (laughs) A spinoff of little Leia and little Haldo. That's just, oh my god. No, but, like, this show, it first of all, it opens with Order 66. Thank you, Deborah Chow. I needed the reminder. <laughs> and it just, like, Obi-Wan having nightmares and having flashbacks from Revenge of the Sith. And, like, yes, it is footage that we've seen. But, like, somebody pointed out, like, one of them is, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan, like, flying together. And everything's blurred out except for how happy Anakin is. Oh my god. Like, I, I just, and like, especially reading Brotherhood on top of this, like, in, in Anakin's chapters, there is never an opportunity not taken to mention Padme. And then, like, in Obi-Wan's chapters, there is never an opportunity not taken to mention Anakin. And then also Satine. But, like, the way this is such a like, a firm, like, trio. Like, they are entangled together. And the fact that Obi-Wan not only feels like, you know, he failed Anakin and thinks he left him for dead, but, like, also Padme. Like, he's doing this for Padme, too. Like, Mm -hmm. my heart. Deborah Chow. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the amount of guilt that Obi-Wan feels? So much. Like, over, like, we always talk about the guilt over Anakin, but, like, no one ever talks about the guilt because of Padme. Padme literally dies, like, in his arms, basically. Yes. Like, she literally dies in his arms. Like, I, I fully agree. Like, we were talking, um, yesterday and Alex had said something about, somebody theorizing how Obi-Wan also died on Mustafar, like the man we knew died yeah. on Mustafar too. And I I, I fully believe that. I yeah. I feel like he probably has so much survivor's guilt. Like He's Ben Kenobi now. Like He's he is... Ben Kenobi. He's not Obi-Wan anymore. And he doesn't know how to be Obi-Wan anymore. He's so scared. He's so afraid of being exposed. He's so afraid of what's going to happen to Leia, what's going to happen to Luke. Like, he this, can barely use the Force. He can like, barely use the Force. And for and this... this the, like, <sighs> like, we know him as someone who has always been so attuned to the Force. Yes. He's so attuned to the Force. And for him, every day for 10 years, to look upon this little boy and see... Like, Anakin as the little boy from Tatooine who left his home. And now to be with Leia and see Padme, see Anakin, like, on this journey. like Because he's never actually interacting with Luke. No, he's but it's always from a he's, distance. He's forced to actually interact with this little girl who is literally just, like, a huge reminder of his best friends. Yes. His family that he <sighs> lost. Oh, my God. Like... 
and it's not like it's a surprise that this show is so heart-wrenching, but what's amazing about it is that they really do lean into it, and they really, it doesn't feel like... I wasn't expecting it. I, like, I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it to go this hard. Well, exactly. Like, they really lean into it, and they make it so... It's not like pain for the sake of pain. It, And I, I get how some people, you know, especially with how Trost turned out, it's like, you know, what is the point? But to me, it's like the point is, is that, like, we're going to see him later respond to Leia's call for help. We're going to see him, you know, help Luke. We're going to see him face down Vader again. Like, it, it's just... It's a lot. And, like, it, he had a, a long way to go before he was going to even have that moment in A New Hope. Like, I just... I can't believe that, like, in it, it's Leia, not Luke, to, like, really give him his hope back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the Jedi that's still alive? <sighs> Quinlan Voss is still alive, guys. I screeched. Like, I, like, full-out screeched. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Yeah, he's alive. So they, they're in, like, this, um, like, almost underground railroad type of, like, smuggling system to, like, help Jedi. And people have signed the wall. And Quinlan Voss signed the wall. So we know he's out there. Yeah, and the um, the character Tala, who is um, uh, the actress's Indira, who was in Game of Thrones, she says, like, Quinlan is helping Jedi mm-hmm. and Force sensitives out. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe. I I cannot believe because okay, Quinlan Voss is one of those people who has you know probably you know gone through as much as Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. He and went, his loved one died in his arms as well. He fell to the dark side and came back from it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been through so much and it would have been easy for him to, you know, just give up and hide away, um, by himself, sort of like Cal Kessis or like Obi-Wan, but instead he decided to, you know, help people no matter the risk. Mm-hmm. And I think he learned a lot of that from, um, Dathomir and from... Ventress. So no Ventress, like I'm I'm watching I'm watching Kenobi thinking about Ventress. Yeah. And like I'm thinking about Quinlan Voss, you know, in this redemption story and how we're seeing Vader and Kenobi and they both in their own respects need to be redeemed. Um Jeez. It's just it's so good. And I hope that we see Quinlan Voss in some capacity. I think that's what's gonna happen. I don't know if we're gonna see him in Kenobi, but I really do think with indication of him being alive, we're going to see him in something, maybe in Jedi Survivor. He would be perfect. I I agree. Um, There is an actor for Kenobi, like we don't know who he's playing, and he definitely could be Quinlan, so that's a question. Um, I do think with them saying, like, this being the time period that Jedi Survivor is happening, and them saying, like, Quinlan is helping Jedi and he's alive, like, I, I do think he might show up in Survivor. Um, and then, like, with Ventress being in Brotherhood and, like, obviously that being, like, very early on in her journey, but that still bringing up, you know, thoughts of Dark Disciple and all that. And 
you know, if he's in Survivor and he meets Marin, like... We are living in the prequel era again. Like, I am so like, happy to be here. we're talking about Ventress, we're talking about Quinlan Boss, we're talking about Kenobi, we're talking about Anakin, Padme. Like, this is, like, the superior timeline. This is such a good timeline to be in. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's so good. It's so, so good. I, I would love to see it. I, I can't wait to see even more nods like to Padme as we go on like I would love to hear more about like Jedi who live and like and I do want to take a second so like we've mentioned Anakin a little bit so you know Hayden Christensen is back the the scene where Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin's alive just acting Oh, that man. And he is, like, standing... He's, like, sitting beside Anakin's daughter while he finds out. Yes. And I just, like, dang. And so, like, you find that out at, like, the end of episode two. So going into episode three, like, you know something's gonna happen. he's hallucinating. He hallucinates Anakin. God, he hallucinates. And it's not... It's it's literally Anakin, like, in his robes. Yeah. It's just... I lost my mind. Somebody said that that read very force bondy to them. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, like, I honestly, like, yeah, I it thought does. I, I mean, like, and then you go further into that episode where, you know, Reva finds Kenobi and their um, Vader, Reva, other Inquisitors are in that little town um, with stormtroopers and they're shooting people. Vader is, you know, inflicting harm on people just to try to pull Obi-Wan out. Mm-hmm. And I, like, the way that, like, <sighs> Vader knows he's there, like, that felt very force bondy to me. Well, even, like, the way, like, they would, you could see, like, you and, or, like, Obi-Wan, like, sensed him. It was very reminiscent of, like, The Last Jedi and a force bond. And, like, I hadn't even thought about that. Like, he was clearly inflicting harm to try to get Obi-Wan to come out and like That's, try to save them. It was just for attention. Like, it was Vader literally was just only for attention. hurting people for attention because he knew that, you know, like, he, the, the Obi-Wan that Anakin, like, that Vader remembers is a person who is selfless. He's a hero. And a, a self, specifically selfless. Yeah. And then us as an audience, un, like, realized throughout this series that Obi-Wan is no longer selfless. Mm-mm. He, you know, he refuses to even go help Leia. Yeah, he wasn't going to go help Leia. He is only for himself and for um, for Luke, because we also see that scene where that, you know, Padawan on the run is looking for help to get off planet, and he refuses to help him, and then that, that and dies. character is killed. <sighs> like, so, like, it's really, it's just crazy that, like, Obi-Wan is known to be this selfless person who will help anyone, and who he's become now, because he's not that person anymore, and you know, Vader killing those those innocent townspeople did not bring him out. Well, and he says to that Jedi, like, you know, it's like, if you want to survive, you are not a Jedi anymore. Take your lightsaber to, like, the middle of the desert and just bury it and forget about it. And, like, oh, my God. Like, could you even imagine, like, this Obi-Wan, like, he is completely broken. Yeah. He is not Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the only reason he went out to help Leia was, like, Bale, like, begging him to help Leia. 
He even shows up on Tatooine. Yeah, he comes to Tatooine and is like, my guy, I, you're the only person, you're my only hope, like, you're the only one who can help her. Yeah. And the fear on his face when he sees Vader, like, I, Vader's that's... scary. He's scary. This was, like, the Rogue One Vader, like, very scary. He's very scary, and, like, you you say this all the time, like, this is a man, like, that is his tomb. That's like, his coffin. He that is, is his a, coffin. Anakin is in a coffin. Like, Anakin is dead inside this, mm-hmm. like, physically unable to die. Palpatine will not let him die. He tells Obi-Wan, like, you should have killed me, and it's mm-hmm. not even, like, taunting, because, like, oh, I'm gonna kill you now. No. It's, like, it's like begging, like you He's should like, have he, killed he me. He doesn't want to be there, and like it's it's cool that they have you know um, James Earl Jones. Except, so like I was looking at the credits. They yeah, didn't get I saw new, that too. It's not new James Earl Jones. It's an AI. It's AI like they use for Luke in Mando, mm-hmm. but it works. It, it didn't I, I sound think it like stilted to me. Um, it works. Um, it w- it didn't take me out. Yeah, but just. Man, and he wants Obi-Wan to suffer the way he suffered and, like, drags him through fire. Oh, my God. Shen, I was, like, my jaw was on the floor. I feel like I'm going to cry right now. No, me too. My (sighs) jaw was on the floor because I was, like, wait, like, can he die? Like, that's how good the tension was. Like, Mm -hmm. Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Like, how did you, like, actually make me concerned that Obi-Wan was going to die? How did he get me there? The knife in the heart. He's like, what have you become? What you've made me. Like They did that. They did that. They did that. They They did. (laughs) Well, and like, they did this to each other. Like, especially, like, I, I keep going back to Brotherhood, but it's like, they, they talk about, like, their constantly shifting relationship. There's so much in there about Anakin's heart and it being, like, a sun dragon, which is so Revenge of the Sith novelization. Like, it just, this, Anakin oh my God. was everything. Um, imagine they did a Kenobi novelization. Like, fuck. <laughs> that would be, like, actually the most amazing book on the planet, I think, because getting that like <sighs> reflection in book form, yeah, and like we're getting that from Ewan because his performance is that good. His so, performance like, is so yeah. good, like the Adam Driver school of micro expression, like it's so good. And like I cannot wait for this next episode because I know he's gonna have another nightmare. And, like, this time it's going to be Vader. Like, I just... And could it be, you know, a scene reshot? Like, could it be a Clone Wars scene reshot in live action? Like, that's what I want to oh see. I don't want to see just, like, flashbacks from Attack of yeah. the or whatever. Well, like, you know how um, Luke has that vision when he's in the dark side tree and he, like, takes off Vader's helmet and he sees himself? Like, part of me is thinking, like, that's going to happen and it's going to be Anakin, like, it, it's just going to be Anakin's face, but it, it's, you know, since it's a dream, like, it'll be how Obi-Wan remembers him. I do. Um, I want to bring it back to the burying the lightsabers for a second. Yes. I know we passed that. But, like, you see that and you immediately think of Tross mm-hmm. because that's the one other instance we've seen that. And, you know, it makes me even more mad about, yes. you know, Tross because... The act of burying your lightsaber in Kenobi is to, you know, forget your past self and, um, you know, put that past self in the past. Yep. 
And then in Tross, you know, Ray is burying Leia and Luke, mm-hmm. essentially, and symbolically, like, it just doesn't fit what Kenobi does, and it just doesn't rub me the right way. Well, like, it, it feels it like... It works better in Kenobi. Yeah, it like, feels like... You're trying to forget them. Well, and we we just mentioned, you know, like, both of these men are basically dead. Like, they both died on Mustafar. That was their grave. Anakin and Obi-Wan were buried next to each other in a grave on Tatooine. Like, to me, that's what that meant. And, like, you can make that argument in The Rise of Skywalker because both Luke and Leia are dead. But like you said, like, you're trying to forget your past you're putting it behind you. You can't be that anymore. Yeah. Like, that's and, like, why Ray, he can do it. And Ray should be, you know, bringing them with her. Yes. 100%. Yeah, like, remembering Leia, remembering Luke, everything she learned from them. And, yes. like, the legacy that they left behind in the galaxy to make the galaxy a better place. It just feels like the cycle is starting again. <laughs> it, it does. And especially, like, with the connotations of, you know, like, that's not really Luke's saber because Luke has his own like that is Anakin's saber so it's like just back in the sand on Tatooine again so you know like the prequel trilogy ends with the lightsabers in the sand and so does the sequel trilogy yeah so nothing got resolved in a way I don't want to say that like I'm putting my clown makeup on and like I'm hopeful but like Seeing what they've done with Kenobi, like, tells me that they could show Ray bringing Ben back and well, it would Deborah actually Chow be good. It, if Deborah Chow did it, I would be content. Like, well, I like, would be like, yeah. They would have okay. to, like, have the care and the writers. Like, everything would have to, like, line up perfectly. But, like, if it was anything like this show, like, they could do it. Like, Star yeah. Wars is good <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's just, like, it's so unfortunate they would need to get, like, Daisy and Adam back. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like they've they've burned, like, so many bridges with the sequel cast. And it just... I mean, I mean you could say that for the prequels for, like, in a way, because True. of everything that happened with Hayden. And, you know, despite it all, Hayden came back. Like, Hayden loves being Anakin so much. Mm-hmm. And the way he said that, like, he sees Vader and Anakin as the same person. And, like, recently he said that, like, his favorite part of the sequels was Kylo Ren. I just... Yeah, why wasn't Hayden in Tross? He gets it. Like, he... That... Everything he's been saying, like, gives me Freddie Prince Jr. ranting about the Force vibes. I love that rant. It's so good. I love... I have so much respect for Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, like, I wonder, I'd love to hear his thoughts on Kenobi. I would I would pay a lot of money to hear I him would, talk I about it. I would pay it. so much money to hear him talk about Kenobi. Like, <laughs> and you know, we haven't even talked about Reva. Oh my god. <laughs> How do we forget her? Uh, I mean, we didn't. It's just so much is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so our main villain Reva. on the show, Reva, um, acted by Moses Ingram, who is incredible absolutely she amazing. is terrifying and like i've said to you that she reminds me so much of anakin yes she is this really young inquisitor she she just feels a lot younger than the other inquisitors um 
she's very impulsive, which I would say is Anakin. Yes. She, um, there's a she's lot of mystery. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mystery behind her. What her motives are, a lot of people think that she's one of the Padawans in the opening scene during Order 66. Mm-hmm. What is her vendetta against Obi-Wan? Well, because they ask her, it's like, what are you expecting to gain by getting Obi-Wan? And she says, what I'm owed. And there's just so much in that that I'm like, okay, what are you owed? And the way that she knows that Vader is Anakin. Yeah, how does she know? How does she know? Like, and so many people are, like, caught up on her knowing the connection between Leia and Obi-Wan. But it's like, no, like, it, it... she obviously just sees Leia as Braille's, uh, Braille, Bale's daughter, and you can look at anything, like, they knew each other, they were friends, like, that kind of thing. Like, I get it, but, it's like, she yeah. knows that Vader is Anakin, and, like, how does she, how does she know that? Like, does, does Anakin know that she knows? Like, it, it's a big question, and to me, like, it... I love what I love about her is that it's it's female rage. Like she's giving very much mad yeah. woman, mm-hmm. and I could I see it so clearly in my mind. Like if she is a Padawan, just having a breaking point. Yeah, and like good accusing for, good for her. Well, like like I can see her like accusing Obi Wan. It's like you left us. Like, you made us this... Not only did you make Vader, you made me this. You know? Yeah. Because that's the same thing Trilla said to Seer. Yeah. I will say my biggest concern about the show is Rava and her dying like Trilla. Yeah. That is my biggest concern. Everything else about the show, I have no questions on. I am, like, behind it. I am concerned about Reva. I want to see a redemption for her so badly. Mm-hmm. Or at least that she survives through these six episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing. That, like, I'm worried. I, I see, because the problem is, is that they don't have time to, like, fully redeem her, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's why the question really is, is like, will she survive? And if she does, like, is it just, like, a hint that she'll survive? And I was kind of thinking about that, like, if she survives and she's making a turn, mm-hmm. could we see that in, like, Jedi Survivor? Yeah, I think we could. I really hope for that. Um, and, I, and you know, like, I really hope that Lucasfilm is listening to its audience and is learning from mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would hate to just see her end up like Trilla. That would be mm-hmm. really heartbreaking. Because um, it's just so pointless. And mm-hmm. it's like... It would be Vader killing her, which there's just when Vader kills somebody, like it doesn't really mean anything. Um, yeah. Like unless he's killing Obi Wan, but like we know that's not going to happen till later. So it's just that question of like what would her death mean, and it wouldn't mean anything. Um, which speaking of, we do see her kill the Grand Inquisitor. Um, well, but he's the not show, dead. yeah, the showrunners are like. 
we're sticking to canon. So, like, obviously, he's not actually dead. I, I mean, I never questioned that they were going to sway from canon. No. I don't know why people thought that they, they didn't care about rebels. They clearly... People immediately were like, they're guys, rebels. Like, they're putting Ahsoka, um, Sabine, and Hera into a show to, like... You guys think they don't care about rebels? Yeah, no, they hundred <laughs> percent care do. about rebels. So you know, and I have a feeling. I think where we're going with the show is I. I think that somehow Anakin is going to think that he killed Obi Wan because he is so shocked in like a New Hope that he's alive. Um. So I think that's where we're going, and everything just. Oh, God. I'd love to talk about some, you know, um, connections to the OT, because another one that I'm question- I have questions about is, you know, Leia. Morning. Telling, t- well, telling Luke. No, I'm talking about uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm. You know, telling Luke that she doesn't really remember her mom, but she remembers her being sad. Well, somebody brought that up about how, like, yeah. Force sensitives get sometimes have like an impression like from when they were born um which i kind of like because that also would explain why leia asks obi-wan like are you actually my father because he was there and padme was sad you know like i i would actually really like that i think that would be really interesting um or wasn't there also a theory of Obi-Wan giving her, like, a memory of Padme somehow? Yeah, I don't know if that's possible, but that would be so cool. It's a very dark crystal, but, I mean, I'd, I'd be into it. So I'd love to see that. And, I mean, there is the question of, you know, now we know how dear Ben Kenobi is to Leia, and you don't get to see her mourn, but at the same time, like, you don't get to see her mourn Alderaan. Like, I... I really don't think there's much to say with that because, you know, it was the 70s. And, like, and then you also get so much, um, you know, Leia in books where she's always saying that she has to put up, you know, a front to be Mm -hmm. strong for everyone else. So it's very, like, in character for her. Yeah, they made it make sense. Yeah. And I, that's very Padme to me. That yeah. is a very Padme thing to do. It's not a very Anakin thing. That's no. that's her Padme trait. A- Anakin is just passionate and I must care about everything. And, and I have to show it. And I have, I have to, to show, show it. it. He and like <laughs> And that's Luke too. Uh, that is Luke and I honestly I love that about them. Um I do think there's something to be said for, you know, like the women putting on a brave face but the men being allowed to show all that feeling. There is some there is like a conversation there, but like I think that's very George. I think that's very It's George a very George. It, it, yeah, it's it's very you see George it in to me. Str- like strange magic kind of like he sought out to make that movie to kind of um turn things on its head. Mm-hmm. And like and I really feel like he does that a lot with gender roles. Yeah, I I really there. It's it's very very interesting to me, and I just like I love that Lucasfilm for once like this feels more like honoring Carrie Fisher's legacy than Tross ever did, and I am so happy about that. Like it, they've been so Luke heavy, especially with Mando, and so to get this. 
and it's just such a pure representation of Leia. It ties in so beautifully with the original trilogy and, like, everything Carrie Fisher did. Like, it's... Like, Deborah Chow. Like, I... <laughs> I cannot say enough good things about Deborah Chow. I... Absolutely blown away. So is there anything else with Kenobi? I don't, I don't think so. Dang. This show's so good, guys. Like, and I, I do want to say, so, like, seeing it in the room, so, like, you get, like, the immediate, like, reactions with everything, it it was a really special experience, just, like, being in a room full of Star Wars fans, like, watching a Star Wars movie, because, like, the last time any of us got to do that was Tross, and for a lot of people, you know, it wasn't a good experience. No. So, it, it was really special to see these two episodes on the big screen, and I I hope that the others felt that as well, that saw on the other stages. I'm glad that they ended up releasing it a little early so that everybody could watch it. It's just a really special experience. Well, I guess that is going to do it for our celebration recap and our Kenobi discussion for parts one through three. So we will be continuing to watch Kenobi. So hopefully we'll be able to talk about that next time. Um, I will say again, read Brotherhood. I, I'm talking to everybody. Like it's it's really good, especially if you're watching Kenobi. It just it's just really really special and done very very well so I'm honestly like I have not felt this excited and this like hopeful about Star Wars since like 2018 and I'm I'm really happy about that so if you want to keep the conversation going you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers uh you can also find us individually at McCarter Shannon and at Alex Leonis that is everything got for you today and we will see you guys in the next one Bye. Bye.